Stop lying. From the smallest room in New York City, <laughs> whoever is listening, comes a show that gives you a reason to live. All right, let me ask you just something, to, Just to, you know how, how uh, just things can feel like oppression when you're used to privilege, you know. Right. Sometimes regular life seems very much like a raw deal. If it's like, oh, wait a second, what's going on here? How come I don't get to be first in line you know how yeah come yeah I'm yeah not, how come i'm not zipped right to the front right why, why, why am i being treated as if i'm similar to these people and then you know, oh wait a second it's because i'm so used to being catered to really like at all times have you ever heard this as, you, a, as a person of you've heard non-color you've heard this expression no um racism no is prejudice plus power yes <clears throat> so true like so Racism is like if you have it, like so. If you're a black person who's prejudiced, well, that's fine. I mean, it may, may not be nice, but it's not racism because there's no power. It's yeah. Have you ever heard this formulation? I thought this was interesting. Rape equals penetration plus power. Yeah, it is. But a power like, so thing. basically, like, you know, rape a, and race in this just add an ism. Rapism, racism. racism. The only difference between racism and rapism is a little PC. No, PC, like race. The subway perv scourge has been rising on the rails. Men like Reggie Frank prowling the city subways in search of women, not to ask them on a date. No. Not even to rob them, it says in the New York Daily News. The 47-year-old Brooklyn man derives a sick pleasure from masturbating in front of females again and again and again. Now, this is another time that this is they've taken this guy. They're really making an example of him by delving into his sexual past, using that as evidence of of current crimes, of of culpability. Oh, now is he a this bad is, guy? This is something that. Well, we we discussed this. Uh, are you allowed on to masturbate on the subway if you are just doing it through your pants? No. Like just rubbing yourself, no. Like through your pants, no. I've seen there was a video of that, a guy on the N train, who was rubbing him his and, and clearly his his clearly erect penis, yeah, through the thin material in the front of his pants. Oh, um, yeah. That, I don't think and, they would and, like and, that. and he's staring intently at the camera, which is being held by a woman, and yeah. Um, that's he, not, t- he had to yeah. take down his dating profile after that, I think, um, you know, due to the uh, photographic uh, oh, recognition factor sure, there. Sure. Yeah, people would say, oh, that's the guy. He was more famous uh, in his subway masturbating video than he was uh, on his on his dating profile. Well, that's not surprising. Have they... Um, now, last time we talked about how they don't seem to arrest any women on this. As you recall, we discussed a hotel employee who was involved in some pretty high-level... I mean, we were theorizing a little bit, but like, I mean, you see, you can read between the lines. Um, oh, the event, the event. Exactly. A coordinating these orgies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes involving children, sometimes involving human sacrifice, sometimes right. involving, but always involving the very, very rich. Now, uh, and she's possibly a slave herself. We can't really say, it's but hard to, she's hard participating. To now, this guy was on the train. She woke up, accused him of masturbating and cut him. With a knife. Cut him with a knife. It was his knife. She she took his knife away from him <laughs> and cut him with it. That, that's his what work happened. knife. Yeah, whatever he had the knife for. Yeah. I mean, it was... I don't know that it was an illegal blade. But his name was Reggie Frank, and this is uh, who they're still harping on here. Oh, it's they're still talking about him? They're still talking about him, and uh, they're, they're, he's among the repeat offenders. This is driving a steep rise in complaints about men exposing themselves underground. The NYPD opened a total of 376 cases in 2016. We have 8.5 million people here. Yeah. And many of them ride the train on a regular basis. A whopping 27% increase, though, from the 296 recorded the previous year. Now, I don't know if that's a statistically significant number of people from uh, 296 to 376. That's a few more reports and a few more masturbators, potentially. That's uh, that's also likely due to the revolving door. It's also likely due to... 
Increased sensitivity. Increased sensitivity. And women, uh, if they were reported for this, if they were involved in some of these, uh, in, in a, you know, it, really, if there was a punishment there for women who are masturbating on the train, this would probably be close to a thousand cases. I mean, if, yeah, sure. From 376 to a full, I would go a full thousand. I think that there's at least, because some of these with the men are not reported, so that would maybe take it up to 500. You include you include the women. Now you've got at least at least 500 masturbating women out there that are just on the loose. Well, do you think men are just like less likely to report when women are doing it? Well, if it's just like abuse. You know, domestic abuse. Men are much less likely to report that. It's embarrassing. And if you have a woman who's dangling her clit in front of you and saying, "Hey, you know, (laughs) look at me," and and look at me, I'm, you know, I just get on get on the other car. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because if you go and report it, the cops are going to be like, "Poor Nancy over here had uh, some some guy was uh, hey, Captain, come in here a second. You know, you got to deal with all that. It's it." you're lucky to get through the report. Right. Oh, are you having bad dreams now? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I just don't think it, it's not only is it not fair, but it's it's, it's not it, right. It's not right and it's not legal. It's it's truly illegal for them to I mean this is again disproportionately affected by these by these crimes, by these by the yeah, the enforcement of this crime. But but I continue with the daily news story now. It says the complaints have been Rising steadily over the past 10 years, according to police data, last year's total represents a 98% jump. 98%. So it's nearly doubled from 2012, nearly 120% increase from 2007. So we saw a very slow rise there from 2007 to 12. But they're selecting their years yeah. you know, uh, to, to get a high number. Experts say the spike is likely fueled in part by the glut of serial public masturbators who have received little to no treatment. See, the treatment is, is they're, they're trying to do a treatment-based, they wish they could do that, I guess, a, a treatment-based kind of a... Oh, I see. Kind of a, a solution. A masturbator's court. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine the judge for that. You know, this reminds me, one time when I was there about... a lot of objecting in that court. When I was about 10 years old, um, I was walking down the street and uh, a car masturbating, pulled, of course. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> and a car pulled up next to me, and there was a guy driving the car, and he said something, and I, I went. He was like, what? I was like, what? And he's like, where's the elementary school? And um, <laughs> he was masturbating, and he had a bunch of like porno magazines spread out on the seat next to him. And you're like, oh, let me get in, I'll show you. <laughs> yeah. So you know, uh, no, I just gave him directions. Oh, 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 okay, yeah. You just told him, yeah. I mean, that's polite. Yeah. So, uh, and that was that. That was yeah. pretty much the end of if it. If you know where it is, then you know, yeah. Well, what am I going to say? Your honor bound to like, right? <laughs> not judge this guy. I mean, like, uh, I mean, obviously, he just needed to get there. Do you have a kid there or something? <laughs> now you're all involved. <laughs> He's probably a teacher, or maybe he was trying to get to work. He's a janitor on his first day of work. Could be something. It, I don't these know. guys are repeat offenders. They have hundreds of victims. It says now the urge to act out sexually is so strong that it almost becomes compulsive. This is according to William Ford, the co-founder of Mustard Seed, a community-based organization that treats deviant sexual behavior. Oh. And uh, NYPD officials insist that there's no sudden influx of depraved men prowling the subways. Uh, I think you could make an argument about that. I think that you could, yeah. I mean, clearly, uh, that uh, they either that or it's just an over-reporting, like it was with this woman last week, who just wakes up and just says, ah, they just sees masturbators, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Instead, uh, the police attribute the spike to other factors. They say stepped-up campaign with the MTA, urging mm-hmm. the public to report uh, subway sex crimes. Yeah, that's a good argument. Oh, no, there's not more murders, but people are just reporting them more. Yeah, that's not, that, that's what it is. Uh, people are reporting more of their uh, cars being stolen. Sometimes they don't report this, and, and now they do. Yeah. Uh, it says also the proliferation of smartphones making it easier to catch catch creeps in the act. Hmm. So I mean, and those smartphones they they will do that. I, I, they, I remember there for a while it, it seemed like every day there'd be a new guy yeah. in Gothamist or you know something yeah. back when Gothamist was uh, right was have around. You, have you heard about the new um, penile recognition apps? Oh no, I have not. But that sounds exciting. That'd be a good idea, right? Oh, so it's something that's not, it doesn't exist yet, but it no, could. No, but yeah. it would be. Like it to, would be. to recognize different penises and then. 
Well, yeah. I mean, you get caught for this once, and then your penis is in a database. Yes. And then um, and then they can scan through. And maybe they even give it a number or something, you know, like a tattoo. That's smart. So, so that way you just have it already in the system. Yeah, but you know what? There's a way around that, which is you have your penis tattooed already. Oh, right. You turn, like, the 12 into, like, a turkey. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's, are, could there be such a thing as a penis print? Is it is it as individualized as, as say a fingerprint? I I don't have enough experience with penises to to um with ink and penises. Oh, I see. Like ink. I thought you meant like the way like ears are very like distinguishable. Oh right. No, like you know how when you get fingerprinted, yeah, you get yeah, arrested. Yeah. Maybe they could like like penis print you, and then you know because because obviously the penis is what women are going to be just gaping. Why eyes wide open staring at the whole time it's out, you know they're gonna get a good look at the penis. Oh sure, Just staring and staring. Just like well, they're which fasc- is another they're thing. fascinating. I mean, <laughs> they're well, captivating. Yeah, and what he's doing with it, you know, you can't help but watch and get <laughs> I mean, wet. Probably, I mean, like you're getting wet. I mean, this do you is, think that's why they report it? Because they're sort of ashamed of themselves for I mean, having been so excited by, of course it is, by some guy doing that. It's a secret shame, and it's like they blame them for their own arousal, so they somebody has to be punished. They feel they feel absolutely, uh, you know, just just uh, they feel yeah. pulled into a sexual situation, but maybe they didn't ask for, but that they did enjoy, and. And then they feel shame. And then they say, "This so guy then they, has then to they go, to go jail. into a shame spiral. A shame spiral. And now he's caught up in your shame. Right. And so you're going to drag everybody down. Everybody's in your emotional maelstrom. Right. It's it is kind of wrong to even be staring that way. The guy is just <laughs> looking for some privacy, probably. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't have a situation at home where he has." Room after room to wander around masturbating in. Yeah, right. Possibly he has a family at home. That's and they, true. You know, it's hard to get to the bathroom. Maybe he's opened his bathroom to the public, <laughs> and now he cannot masturbate freely. And he has—he's on the train. He's just trying to like relax, just, just quickly, discreetly. And now you've turned it into. Now you've involved the authorities. You've turned it into a whole public thing. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Photographing it like you're the the press or something. Getting the word out about this guy just trying to get a little relief in life, you know, and and well, women have a very like a like almost a like a a compulsive obsession, a, a, a morbid sort of a they dwell on oh my penis is out and that there's a penis over there and there's penises everywhere and and they and they want to they want to look at them. I think that they would like to, if it wasn't for smartphones, they'd be sketching them. Interesting. They would say, "Could I hire you to come over, <laughs> or something?" It says it's completely frightening. He's still on the streets because Frank. This says Frank himself again back going back into this guy's sexual past, uh, busted at least seven times for public lewdness in the subways, including twice last month. So, well, that's you know what still sh- the past. They, they should like um. I mean, maybe they should um. They can ban people from the subways. Um, yeah, well, they can ban them from masturbating on the subways too, and it doesn't necessarily make it. Uh, That's true. It, it's uh, now this guy, this Frank guy. Here's a photo of him, and uh, his is name's Reggie. Is he nice Reggie Frank. It's just a yeah. I assume it has something to do with with his race too. By the way, that wait, wait, which is the guy? There's a, the white um, guy the, and the, the black the, guy. The, the nice looking man of color there to the right. Yeah. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah. It's two different ones. Yeah, oh, Reggie Frank is the man of color. Yeah. I'm assuming Dan Hoyt is another Dan Hoyt's another one who's been harassed and not because of his color in this case, but just because of being a man. But uh, Reggie Frank is I, I think that I mean, you'd be hard pressed to tell me that race doesn't enter into this. Oh, you think like if a white man is doing it, people are like, oh, yay, that's so cool. I think that they're a and little if a bit man of color is doing it, it's like ooh, threatened by a black penis. Yes. Oh, absolutely. God. There's a. Ra- there's. A, I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're much much more likely to be reported for rape. Blacks are black men because yes. you yes, know, they are. of course, white men are raping. If you look at the demographic breakdown, society, mm-hmm. white men uh, probably outnumber black men by about I don't know, maybe two four, to one, four five to one, to one four, four or five to one. Okay. And now, but rapes are 
even, maybe. Maybe mm. even between whites and blacks, almost. Uh, maybe uh, more. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know about these statistics, but they're close, and that's not right. Right. So there white should be five white men masturbating for every black man, and and if there and if there's more than that reported, then it's clearly racism, institutional racism. There's no other. Yeah. Possible explanation for that. Yeah, I, this guy's kind of interesting looking. The guy sitting here, he's wearing a Yankees cap. He looks like a little heavy set. Um, he has his hand down his pants. Oh, that's Brian Cashman. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Brian Cashman, who was uh, yeah harassed by, stalked and harassed by that horrible woman. You know who I'm talking about? Vaguely. Yeah, he was uh, Brian Cashman, the... Uh, general manager of the New York Yankees and he just he just had a terrible time. Anyway, so we're looking at a, an increase of subway masturbation and yeah. uh, that's uh that's part of life. That's uh that's part and parcel of it's living in a big parcel. city. It's just what you're going to have to deal with. Yes. Uh, uh, apparently uh, the commissioner says that the NYPD is ever vigilant. There's a battle versus lying cops. Yeah. Now these are some we're we're giving you an overview of the city right now. And uh, looking at some of the some of the ways that the that the city operates now, it's cliche at this point to say the rotten core of the Big Apple, mm. and, and because uh, you know we know that what what we have in New York City is a an, a highly indictable mayor who has not been indicted, and he hasn't been indicted for the reason that the people who would be indicting him are largely the same political party. Yeah. It's a machine. It's a democratic political machine. Right. That is unstoppable. It's unstoppable by voters because voters often are not weighing in on this. When you have situations where somebody is going to run for office, they go, well, maybe I won't. And then I'll get it there. They get elected and they appoint somebody to become, you know, the nominee just before the election. Right. They, they basically choose their successor. Kind of a lot. What's funny because political scientists and, you know, just sort of intuitively you would think, huh, people like local politics is what affects people the most. Mm -hmm. So that's where people would be the most involved and thus would have higher voter turnout. But in fact, it's the opposite. There's okay voter turnout in national elections mm. and um, virtually no voter turnout in local elections, at least here in New York. Well, yeah, they, it's pointless to show up and vote if you have one party. Yeah, then we do. We have one party and, and uh, one, one you cannot defeat a, a Democratic incumbent. It's impossible. Um, it's tough. Seldom been done. David Dinkins was defeated after one term, I think. Yeah, but that's how shitty he was. And uh, and De Blasio is a protege. Funny thing is, nowadays everybody like the new rap on David Dinkins. They've pushed this at it. This um this idea is that he was a great mayor. He's the one who actually turned things around. He started it. The 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 they say the crime started falling under him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Maybe true. I mean, it kind of peaked under him. Yeah, peaked under him, and and, uh, and, <laughs> and it began to it, yeah. it began it plateaued began to yeah, and then it just like, uh, but what what measures did he take to to curb crime? No one knows. Right. Uh, I th I think that like, um, but that's that's really the new. Um, yeah, they they the really they're, re they're reforming his image, of course. Yeah. Yeah. They can't have him be so shitty. They right. just can't have that be said. Well, now James O'Neill. What do you think of James O'Neill? He's the police commissioner in New York City, the NYPD. He's a he's. A, I'll tell you what I think of him. He's De Blasio's boy, and uh, he does these told because it's a political position, and that's the end of it. He, he wants to advocate for the cops. He, uh, I think that he is. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, any cop, uh, police commissioner, whatever, it's it's not going to be a guy who suddenly just turns against all his uh, brothers in arms there. No, no, no. So they have obviously feeling and, and uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the desire to support those guys, but it's hard to do. 
Yeah, you know, uh, he's you know he he's got a he's got to walk a fine line. Let's put it that way. A fine line between De Blasio and the cops. Yeah. In order to well, he says when allegations are made against police officers for lying under oath, every good cop cringes. Uh, this article isn't written by him. You know, I, I guess this, I suppose this is this is written by the police commissioner in the Daily News. Oh, how about that? A message from the fucking police commissioner in the Daily News to all New Yorkers. Extra, extra. Yeah, the New York. Uh, he's, he says, uh, in our profession, we are only as good as our word. In recent cases here in New York, I've cast a critical eye on the testimony of some of my officers. New York City Police Department recognizes that the results of willful false testimony can only change the consequences of an individual case. Uh, well, they can not only do that, but they, they undermine the public's trust in, in, its, in its police. Indeed. Yeah, I'd say so. The NYPD and all the people that we serve expect the highest levels of integrity and truthfulness from our public servants. I don't know about that. I don't know if we have that expectation. We certainly uh, have that wish. I don't know. Yeah, if- I, I, don't, I don't think you... Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be nice. I don't think most people expect that. No, you know the- what I think most people expect from their public servants? Like... Someone good who's sitting around waiting to retire. Mm-hmm. Talk to anybody who works for the city, and within about 15 minutes, they'll start talking about their pension, <laughs> how many years left they've got. I, I mean, if that long, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Within 15 minutes, for sure, they'll start talking about how long until they can stop doing what they're doing. Yeah. They're just, you know, it's it's largely just time-serving. This isn't a new challenge for law enforcement. While cases of genuine perjury in which an officer knowingly lies under oath are rare, the consequences are far-reaching and serious. Now, what is he speaking in reference to? He's talking about all those um, cases in Brooklyn with those detectives who just, like, lied and sent all those people to jail, and then I guess they're getting out. Oh, are you talking about, like, uh, from back in the 90s? Something like that, yeah. That was... uh, I can't think of that guy's name, uh, but there was one guy, who, one detective, who had a crackhead witness that he used in like, many yeah, cases. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, I think that, but I think there's been a couple more, too. I didn't know. The uh, fact of the matter says that despite the rarity of perjury by police, NYPD proactively uh, combats crime, this crime, and other offenses. There have been nine substantiated cases of perjury against NYPD officers in the past four years, and that is nine too many. I don't know. That's, I think it's seven or eight too many. I think one is acceptable. Mm. I think one is is pretty acceptable if they catch them. Well, that's like saying one school shooting a year is okay. That's like saying one school shooting is too many. If we cut it down from you know, how there I think there were something like seven thousand school shootings in the first two months of the year, that's and they a were lot. all carried out with that's a lot with AK forty sevens and uh, AR fifteen AR fifteens exactly. They were all carried out with assault weapons right. assault rifles and there have been seven thousand of them in the seven thousand in the first two months of this year that's crazy Pat. that's projected to be over well over a hundred thousand for the year jeez and how many deaths we're looking at tens of thousands of deaths of, of kids hundreds of thousands uh well so far this year though it's only tens of thousands oh um because some of these school shootings are only a few hundred kids well, that's good. Thank and they're not, they don't get the publicity, you know? Yeah. They try to publicize just these ones like with 17 or something like that, you know, to try and minimize the problem because the NRA is out there spending money, owning our politicians. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the NRA government. owns the media, the politicians, yeah. the government, mm-hmm. the gun owners. They own the gun owners. They who, own the people who don't own guns. Even more so. They own the anti-gun groups. The NRA uh, is the most influential group of all time in that sense, in, in the fact that they own more people and more weapons than anyone. And they want to. They own more weapons. The NRA owns more weapons and foists more weapons on a, sort of a, an unwitting public than the military. Did you ever hear, there's an interesting theory that the NRA funded Hitler's rise so they could get more, get World War II going mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then um, get America into being really in love with guns. Yeah, and, and, and the same with the Civil War. <laughs> and the Civil they did the War, same thing right. with the Civil War. That was the first one because they thought, well, let's have an American war where we can sell American guns to Americans and have them shoot each other. 
and, um, and just get everyone used to the idea. Yeah, and so the South wanted to get out of slavery, but they were they were they funded this like to stay in exactly it. yeah because because the NRA was backing slavery. Yeah, um, it's hard to imagine, and that's why group. Kennedy was killed because he he was ready to end gun ownership. He was gonna yeah, yeah. he was going to that thanksgiving he was going to um sign legislation for outlawing guns and so the nra had him killed they had him killed and they um and then the zapruder film is basically a commercial for that rifle that uh yeah that oswald used the man liquor yeah it just blew his head off and they said look this is what this gun will do and that guns the sales of that gun skyrocketed yep uh it's just people don't know these things. Well, the NYPD efforts, uh, their uh, efforts to ensure the integrity of testimony uh, and report writing are exhaustive. It says since 2013, our, our Internal Affairs Bureau increased by 48% the number of integrity tests it conducts to make sure officers are following policy and upholding the fundamental principles of the Constitution. Now, these tests are designed to determine whether officers are misrepresenting their enforcement actions and testimony or official documents. So, of course, cops are lying anytime race is involved. That's a given. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of arrests do involve race. So, I mean, 48%. You've, I mean, well, I've on. been doing my own integrity tests on the police. Mm-hmm. Like, I go up to them and I say, uh, I'll give one $5 and I'll say, can I play with your gun? To see what he says. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or I will, um, like, if there's a cop in a store, I'll start, like, stealing stuff. And then when they yell at me, I say to the cop, I'll give you one of my donuts. Mm-hmm. Or I'll and give you a package of cupcakes see if, if you it, let me go. See if it even starts a conversation. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I'm like, okay, you busted. <laughs> yeah. Or say, like, um, if you wanted to, uh, you know, see if the cop is on the ball... And uh, you're taking things, you know, in front of him. Yeah. And you're just like, is this okay? Is this okay? <laughs> and if he says no, you're passed, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Now, what if I was black? Think about it and then just run. Whoa, like in that movie. Yeah, it's like a mic drop. What movie? A Time to Kill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, now, a detective in a carjacking perjury rap. This is another. This is one of these cases he's talking about. A detective busted for giving false testimony in a carjacking arrest. Joined a rogues gallery of NYPD cops caught lying in court or in cases. That's Detective Michael Foder. His arraignment. It came just a few days before NYPD police commissioner said in an op-ed that 87 cops and 11 NYPD employees have either been fired or have quit the department after making statements that were. Perjurous. Perjurous, hunt, Lying. Perjurous. Lying under oath. Lying under oath. Lying to the people. Lying, in fact, to God. Stop lying. Stop lying, guys. That's all I can say. I Any saw. cops listening to this? Stop lying. Stop lying, cops. You know, listen to your commish and stop committing mm. perjury. Truth. Don't be afraid of the truth, NYPD. Stop lying. Hi, I'm Sarah Silverman, and you're listening to New York City Crime Report. Hey, it's Pat Dixon. Thanks for listening to New York City Crime Report. I have been doing the show for, jeez, uh, years, six years now, or something like that, seventh year, uh, since 2011 in spring. And, you know, what really got me pumped uh, about doing the show again, you know, was uh, doing it independently, but then also joining up with uh, Compound Media. You know, getting a show there has been really cool. And I want you guys to it's see not it. some bullshit, you know. Pretty loose, but it's a lot of fun. I think you'd, I think you'd like it. So check it Maybe out. Maybe try Compound Media for a month. And when you do sign up, tell them why you're there. You know, let them know I got some fans out here. Thanks. CompoundMedia.com. Hey, it's Pat Dixon. I hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, you know what I enjoy about this show? No ads. This is kind of an ad. Forget that. Go to Patreon.com slash PatDixonNYC. And that's how the show keeps going, through contributions on Patreon.com. Go to Patreon.com slash PatDixonNYC. Well, there's a lawsuit now against my boss, Anthony Cumia. I just now read about this in the New York Post. Uh, Sandy Kane 
Naked Cowgirl, Sandy Kane. Now, she was sued for using that uh, oh, Sandy Kane. moniker. Yeah, Sandy Kane. Uh, She's yeah. kind of sexy, right? Oh, man. She is sex personified. And then She's like this, was like, alive a million years and then died and then became like a zombie sex. I thought she was like, what is she like? She like one of those like a millennial like Instagram girls who's like super popular. Yeah, she's one millennial old, <laughs> one millennium. <laughs> she's filed a bizarre handwritten lawsuit against uh, Anthony Cumia for two million dollars after a chair was pulled out from beneath her during a show. Now this wasn't a thing where she went to sit down and somebody pulled a chair out from under her. This was uh, uh, apparently uh, Keith of uh, Keith the Cop fame. Uh, his producer Keith Maresca. Uh, according to the lawsuit, violently pulled the rollaway chair out from under me. It said it left her, uh, the lawsuit says it left her traumatized and disoriented. She claims uh, she suffered a black and blue ass cheek. Huh. Terrible back pain. Probably not the first time. (laughs) Anxiety, depression, and paranoia, and embarrassment. Let's, yeah, of course, I'm sure it was very embarrassing. Alleging that Kumia and his cohorts then posted the video online for his sexist fans. I don't think you have to be sexist to be anti- Naked cowgirl, not anti her, but to laugh at her in her moment of uh, pain. I never laugh at anybody when they trip and fall. And I don't laugh at anybody when I don't think it's a funny prank to pull a chair out from under somebody. No, it's a ridiculous prank as a joke. It's like it's about as funny as taking a hammer and hitting somebody in the head. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) I had somebody do that one time when I came off stage. I, I said a bunch of stuff that I guess this person didn't like. Some girl. Like pulled the chair, tried to pull the chair out from under me as I was sitting down. Yeah, and I and it really like fucked with me looking pretty cool, you know, like to go and sit down, and then like she does that, and I was awkward, you know, and I was able to grab the chair, but I had a glass of water in my hand, and I just threw it all over. Oh, good. Yeah, so so she didn't get out unscathed. Uh, Kane previously sued Kumia and Greg Opie Hughes in 2011 for destroying her $800 guitar and shooting a hole through her cowboy or cowgirl hat. So this isn't the first lawsuit she's filed. I cannot believe they would have her on again after she sues them once. Sue me once, shame on you. Yeah, seriously. Sandy Kane. Uh, here's a, a brief uh, little. Sandy Kane. Thank you so much. And Keith, let me, just, uh, let yeah, me you end go. with a song. I want to. Oh, 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 you know what? All right, play a little tune. Play a little tune. <laughs> you know, this is spontaneous. The whole day has been so. Why don't you have fucking play a little. Now, this is what she does, by the way. What? She refuses to leave. She oh. stays and stays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She She ignores all social cues and keeps on going. Tune on that fucking thing. Dailynews.com, you check me out, you'll see me. Play the song! Oh, Tuning, apparently, it's like fucking... But my voice is not. Just like Lennon. And I just really have missed you so much, your comedy and your wisdom... And I hope this I doesn't can... sound like a song. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. 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 What, what? Ladies and gentlemen, Sandy. Oh, 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 oh. Jesus, Keith. Oh, What'd you do? Now, obviously, she, that's the moment where the chair is pulled out. And uh, it was, um, she's in the chair. It wasn't pulled out as she's sitting down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's sitting in the chair. And then she's apparently sitting closer to the edge than Keith realized. Right. Pulls the chair back. Okay. And she just hits the ground. Uh, he moved the microphone first. So it seems like he just kind of wanted her off the set. He was trying to do an amusing sort of a hook thing. You oh, know, yes, like, right. Like pull her off with Let's the hook. Go. Let's go. She's sitting in the chair. Uh, yeah, because she stays and stays and stays. So um, she's able to finally, uh, you know, I guess, uh, turn her um, refusal to leave into some sort of a... Uh, Lawsuit. A lawsuit, and that's the deal. So we'll we'll we'll, let you we'll, know. we'll see what happens with that. We will. Follow we'll follow up. up. Yeah. Of course, of course. I mean, I, this is my uh, my employer here. Anyway, she's able to make a bunch of money off of this. She's uh, gotten settlements before for some dumb bullshit. Uh, she was arrested once by the cops. And they uh, got her. Uh, they arrested her for having a uh, a guitar case. <laughs> I don't huh. exactly know why that was a, an arrestable thing. Interesting. Uh, now, we have a break in a story from last summer. Do you recall a package that arrived on the doorstep of a Queen's lands- landlord over the summer? Sent uh, a Brooklyn man there. Yep. In Violet Brooklyn, he opened it up. Package exploded, killed him. I remember that. Burned him. He was an old man. Uh, they have a guy in custody. They have an arrest. Victor Great. Kingsley, 37 years old. He was trying to take out a police officer 
Joel Crooms with the explosive device, but he had the wrong address. Mm. How Wiley How Coyote of you. Yes, I mean, like, this guy has egg on his face, doesn't That's he? That's like a real Keystone Cops type of maneuver. Yeah, for oh, a no, Keystone I, robber. I burned up the, the wrong cop. The Just wrong some person. landlord, I guess. Yeah. Oops. Oops. <laughs> hey, Sorry I anyway. destroyed your face. Says Kingsley's cowardly act was meant to target a New York City police officer for doing his job and resulted in the tragic death of a of an unintended victim. This is uh, James O'Neill. <laughs> <laughs> well, who fail. Fail. <laughs> his Facebook display name is uh, the God called King. This guy Kingsley. He the God be- called King. Yeah, that's that's his. Um- uh huh. That's his Facebook display name. OK, let's look at his Facebook page. Why not? Shall the we? God called King. The God called King. Well, All right. Is he, is he one on- of the black Hebrews? He must be like one of those towel guys. Uh, let's see. Oh, I guess I could have gone to Facebook first. I don't do social media anymore. This is new. I am. Uh, I'm done with it. Because have you heard of the seven percenters? I have. Tell me what that means, though. Oh, they're another one of these like black Hebrew type people. Um, and they they have this thing that men are called gods and women are called earths. Oh. Gods and Earths. Gods and Earths. Now explain to me how that works. I don't really know, but they call themselves gods and their women are Earths. Okay, like whole Earths. That's how big they are. They're big women. Well, I think the idea is that um, the men are the are gods and um, women represent, you know, fertility and, uh, you know, the, the, the sort of the lower senses Still important, but not gods. Not not gods by any means. Far from it. Gods fact. and earths. So and, and, someone who calls himself the god called king, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's just really uh, grandiose. I mean, it, it does seem like in that, in like hip hop culture, people are really into uh, dignifying themselves with very... Very grand names. Yeah, sometimes that's the like case. Like, it used to be like, okay, you have Sir Mix-a-Lot and Queen Latifah, and uh, and now there's like a DJ named Charlemagne the God. The, the God, yes. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, I don't know. It just seems a little uh, over the top. Yeah, well, gods, you know, they are gods, and uh, they, they must be treated as such. <laughs> I guess. I suppose, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm seeing now a, 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 a something, a, a, a profile named God, just, just God, but I'm not seeing a God called King. This is the way it always works with me. Like, when I look at something, when I look up something on Facebook, it's never so easy as it seems to be. Well, you're not a millennial, so it's hard for you. Uh, yeah, I guess. You know, like they, they have uh, the, the secret uh, mm-hmm. recipe. The God called King. Why don't you look it up in Google and maybe it's not in Facebook. Maybe he's got a... Well, a, I did. Uh, I Googled it first oh. and then it took me to... Uh, okay, here's something named Michael King, a man called God. <laughs> and here's uh, Franz Kid King, a man called God. And here's Saw God, Hate the Hater. Hmm. And uh, Petisi Caletso de King, the coolest guy called Bernard. Huh. But nobody just called that. So the- fuck his Facebook profile. Not interested. This guy now is uh, strapped in as they take him in. He's uh, uh, the bombs. They found more bombs inside his home. By the way, the return address uh uh, the, the the package had a return address. The bomb that he sent that, that killed uh, George Ray, seventy three year old George Ray, it detonated instantly, severely burning him, and he died a few days later. Uh, the package had a return address that would come back to the sixty seventh precinct station house with the name of Crooms of a of Crooms Sergeant who had mm. since retired and was out of the country at the time, according to the complaint. Huh. So it was going to make it look like his sergeant did it. He's setting up the guy's sergeant yeah. for murder. So it's conspiracy Smart. then, too. Well, I thought maybe, yeah, I guess. Is that what they say? Well, wouldn't it be? Well, I, I thought know. maybe he's just like, well, if it doesn't get him at the at the at at his house, it'll go back to the precinct and 
blow them all up. Oh, well, I see. Yeah, that's certainly good thinking. He waged his alleged uh, revenge campaign, even even though the uh, taser possession charges against him were dropped by a Brooklyn judge. So he was trying to get back at cops at the 67th Precinct for an arrest in 2014 for having a taser. That's what it was. Oh. His first target was Crooms, after an Internet search uh, revealed the address of uh, 222nd Street in Springfield Garden, sources said. Uh, and uh, But the cop never lived there. And after the package bomb, sat on the porch for a week in July, opened by that landlord. Yikes. And the return address, like I said. So, Crooms, he made $125,000 with overtime last year. Huh. His job uh, is, what could his job be where, where he does uh, pretty good like that? Crooms? I thought he Crooms? was the cop. Is he a cop? Yeah, you said Sergeant Crooms. The name of Crooms Sergeant. Oh, I see. Crooms made that much money. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, the crook himself is Victor Kingsley. Kingsley didn't make that kind of money. He was trying to take out Officer Joel Crooms. So that's what happened. Kingsley, okay. 37, trying to take out Crooms. And uh, that's and now your explanation. Now we know why somebody was putting a bomb on somebody's porch. Yeah, but you know what? The landlord tampering with the mail is a federal offense. Well, it was addressed to him. You know, oh. it, was, it was addressed to that address, so he just oh. said, well, I oh, guess I better sorry. open this. It's been out here for a week. I guess this doesn't belong to anybody. Huh. But, but then again, you know, if he died in the commission of a federal offense, that makes it a death penalty mm. uh, crime. And uh, But he's, so, he's already dead. now he's dead. So, you know, he I got, guess he got, his I guess he got justice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, that's that story. That's something else, isn't it? Cool. At Long Island, a, a guy uh, took his daughter to a movie. She ended up getting arrested, and so did he. The film buff and her daughter, and her father, rather. A film buff. I don't know that someone's a film buff. Just, just because they the went m- to the movies? Yeah. To some multiplex in, um, in like, Melrose or wherever? Yeah, this happened in, uh, in, up on the, on, on the island in, in the town of uh, uh, Levittown, Long Island. The, the foul-mouthed Carrie Carmen dumped a container of popcorn over the head of a stranger's chatty two-year-old girl. Huh. <laughs> That's uh, that seems intense. Uh, extreme. That, what what movie were they going to see? Uh, let's see. What would have been out January second uh, there in Levittown? It's probably uh, like. I mean, if it was a two year old, I'm assuming it wasn't uh, Get Out or something. Or um, you know what, like a film buff would go see. It wasn't like La Ventura or uh, right. you know, the Seven those, Samurai. What are those or... film buff <laughs> movies? Yes. <laughs> like what? <laughs> a know, Kurosawa movie. Yeah, yeah it was probably some like sort. some kind of um, kids movie. It was most likely at uh, four children, and I can't imagine. Probably like uh, Ice Age Nine or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carmen's 25 years old. That's her last name. Uh, her her first name is Carrie. Carrie Carmen, 25. Her dad, Charles Carmen, 61-year-old. Yeah, taking your 25-year-old daughter to the movies, pretty suspicious uh, behavior there to begin with, in my opinion. Maybe. You shouldn't be taking your daughter to anywhere, you know, because people look at you and they go like, well, they fucking, you know what I mean? That's the assumption. Maybe. You've been out with your daughter before, and people go, they fucking. Well. Do they come up and point at you and go, (laughs) y'all fucking, right? (laughs) That doesn't happen. No, no. no. Uh, Well, the the malevolent moviegoers, I think that seems a bit extreme. Seems mean to dump popcorn on a little baby. Well, you know, a two-year-old who's who's, uh, saying things, saying things. Uh, Kids, here's how it happened. They were in this theater. They were sitting, it was just they wound up sitting next to a mother and her small child. Well, they probably, by wound up sitting next to her, they were probably sitting there, and then this mother and small child had plopped down next to them and started making a bunch of noise. Could be. It says, uh, one-sided food fight began as an animated kids movie was showing. Mm-hmm. Oh, Film right. buff stuff. <laughs> like Coco. Or, when the small child. Or Boss Baby. Or asked, yeah, talking Baby 7. When the small child asked her mom for some popcorn. See, they had popcorn, and then the, the, the child asked her mom for some popcorn. Well, Carrie Carmen inexplicably became infuriated, according to police. Now, this is where you start to get into some real coloring of the whole editorial sort of uh, side of this. You know what I mean? Some real yeah. loose kind of adjectives the woman and, and verbs. The woman snapped at the little girl to keep her mouth shut. Shut up! She probably just said... Oh, God, shut up, like that, you know. But snap would be, you shut up, you know, right? Right. And then uh, with the with the tot's angry mother ordering Carmen not to say another word to her child. 
Don't you talk to my child. An outraged Carrie screamed and swore at the 28-year-old mom before clamping her hand over the little girl's mouth and then dumped a tub of popcorn on top of the child. (laughs) Now, I think that probably happened as an incidental thing. I think that they probably... Oh, you think she maybe spilled it? I think she spilled it. I don't think she dumped popcorn on this kid's head, and I don't think that she clamped her mouth down on the kid's mouth. I just don't... Her mouth down on the kid's mouth? I don't think they made out with the kid. I think that she... she, I don't think she put her hand on the kid's mouth. I just don't think that happened. I don't think anyone puts their hand on the mouth of a two-year-old, not anybody who's at the movies with her fucking dad. I just don't think it happens. Yeah, well... It it seems unlikely. She then used the empty container to bop the day's two-year-old in the head. Hmm. As the little girl burst into tears, the Carmens fled the theater. Like, fuck this shit. Well, a theater worker recalled Saturday the child was crying in her mom's lap as they sat in the lobby. I guess she had been calming the girl down since they walked from the theater. It's just stupid, to be honest. Don't do that. You're a grown-up. The little girl was taken to a doctor after suffering a slight contusion. A doctor. A contusion a from contusion. popcorn? Probably from being bopped by that empty tub. Those tubs can weigh yeah, upward I mean, of like half a, a gram. <laughs> yeah. Complaining of head pain, and Nassau cops were notified it on notified it on the same day. They were oh, notified. Well. They were notified so now they've the arrested day. the people? Well, yes, they have. And, and here's what a former neighbor said. Somebody has anger management issues, oh. suggesting the family could use some professional help. That's a bad example to set. No answer at their home. Uh, detectives used surveillance footage from the theater and credit card receipts to track down the, the suspects. Father was charged with failing to intercede when his daughter went after the girl. Is that a crime? Failing to intercede? Failing to intercede? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I could see if like it was your eight-year-old hitting a two-year-old, but if your 25-year-old takes it in her head to dump popcorn on a baby, I'm, I don't know. What are you supposed to do? A bitch, you grown. That's <laughs> right? up to her, right? I mean, I don't know. They live in Baldwin, and uh, were, uh, they were arrested at 3.30 after uh, they were brought into a Nassau County police precinct. Both were given desk appearance tickets. They're due back March 12th. These two are on the loose. They're at large. Yeah. They are in the community. They're going to movies every day. Who if knows they what want kind, who knows what kind of... Um, Mischief they're getting up to. Is your two-year-old safe? They could be like throwing um, Mike and Ike's at the screen. They could be sitting in the um, in the balcony, uh, spitting soda onto. They everybody. could be smearing raisinets into the eyeballs of an infant. <laughs> Likely they are. This that's a very expensive way to attack people, like dumping nine dollars worth of popcorn on them. A crazed shoplifter caught stealing nutrition shakes from a Brooklyn Dwayne raid. A violent Brooklyn Dwayne Reed threatened a security guard with a kitchen knife before running out of the store. The health-obsessed crook was strolling out of the store. This is down on Flatbush and Parkside Avenues in Prospect Lefferts Gardens with multiple packs of Insure. When a guard confronted him around 8.20 p.m., back away, I'm not giving it back, he said, brandishing a chef's knife. Oh, my God. The nutrition nut dashed off. I don't know that he's a nutrition nut. He's probably reselling it. Yeah, I don't know if Insure qualifies as, like, I don't think too many health nuts drink, eat a lot of Ensure. Isn't Ensure for old fuckers who can't eat normally or something? Yeah, it's like for sick people. Uh, sick old fuckers. I remember when I was uh, married for the second time, my mother-in-law uh, had a bit of a problem with eating. She was a diabetic, and she had suffered some problems with her digestion and, and various things. And yeah. So she, in order to eat, she had a tube which was right. inserted through her stomach. They would pour the insure into a funnel, which would go through the tube into her stomach. That was the way she ate. So maybe this guy has a sick mother-in-law at home. Something like I mean, you know what? Uh, we never give, had to steal it. From that neighbor, given that neighborhood, um, I do know West Indians have a very, uh, they have a lot of faith in insure. They do, they though. Yeah, they do. They kind of really, um, like, when my kids were babies, we had this nanny who was um, Trinidadian, and at one point, like, I guess her father was very sick in Trinidad, maybe he had stomach cancer, and she she spent, like, $500 buying several cases of Insure and shipping it to Trinidad, and we were like, what the hell did you do that for? Yeah. 
And she said, because on the side of the can, it says doctor recommended. Well, yeah. Doctor so, recommended. That's all you need. Right. Uh, it's uh, There's not too many products can claim that. So this guy's really trying to get medicine that he is that he deserves. That's true. You know what? Every other country in the world has free medicine. Free medicine. Free medicine. Free doctors. Free, free insure. Ins- free insure. Free health insure. Tonight's the Oscars. You gonna go? Oh shit! Yeah, I'm not gonna make it this year. Oh, uh, well, I'm sitting out because of me on, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm 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 gonna skip the Oscar parties. I'm skipping the Vanity just, Fair party. You just just strictly I'm going a, to the event. I'm just going to the event because I'm I'm all about film, and I'm just I'm all a film about, buff. Yeah, I'm just all about the the awards. Well, the grieving family of a Brooklyn woman killed in a fiery car crash during Friday's Nor'easter was struggling to understand how the freak accident happened. We don't care about that very much, and I'm not going to read any more about it. Now, a fictional Garner court case has a widow in tears. Oh, this must be uh, Esau. Eric Garner's widow broke down in tears on Saturday as she took the stand and testified about her husband's death. What? Wait, what? this is still going on? I thought they I already thought got their settlement. It's a little too much for me, Esau Snipe said, as she eyed the 12 men and women playing the parts of jurors and took questions from defense attorney Priya Chowdhury. The wood panel courtroom felt genuine, as did the questions, but Snipes knew it wasn't real. A grand jury did not indict Officer Daniel Pantaleo. Oh, so this is like a mock trial or something? I'm trying to figure it out. Of course, they don't ever just tell you up front what the fuck it is. You know, you have to keep reading the story. I hate this type of writing. Uh, A grand jury didn't indict Dan Pantaleo, as we know, uh, the NYPD cop. uh, Now, the producers of an experimental film project staged the first day of a mock trial on Saturday, creating a live courtroom proceeding featuring real witnesses, real evidence, and only one actor. Playing the role of the controversial cop. So uh, I guess they have uh, everybody else is the Great. real people, you know, or potentially real people, the jury. Mm. Uh, cameras uh, will roll as the jurors hear evidence, including an autopsy report and the video that captured Garner's final Great. moments. They Great. want to see how this actually went. Uh, Great. Would go. Great. Great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. You don't want to hear any more, huh? Well, this just sounds like idiotic. Well, of course. That's the whole point. It gets more idiotic as we go. I told him, okay, uh, Snipes told the jury of how uh, on the morning of Garner's death, for instance, now this is a detail I bet you didn't know, she made dinner plans with her husband of 26 years. I told him I was going to cook him pork chops and rice and beans. Hmm. He said, that sounds good. That sounds good. I can't wait to eat it. That's a little anecdote. I can't wait to eat that food. I I can't wait to eat that. Those those pork chops are my very favorite. Mm, And I tell you, if anything happens between now and then to prevent me from eating those pork chops, they should be indicted criminally. Because this is a going to be a good meal. I didn't cook in pork chops very often. It's probably now I'm making this film because I personally think there should have been a trial. This guy said his name's Messenger, Messinger or Messenger. How do you pronounce that name, Messinger? Messenger. Roy, Roy. He spells his name Roy, R O E E, Roy Messenger. That's that's some name. Okay. Uh, who uh, during a protest. Don't, uh, don't shoot uh, the messenger. Uh, during, don't don't sh- choke the messenger. Don't choke the messenger, <laughs> Roy. At the Brooklyn Bridge, uh, he was at a protest. He was genuine and unlike the others who seemed like they were opportunists or about money, Snipe said during the break in production. He's been working on this crowdsourced project for nearly three years. Well, the Department of Justice is still investigating where charges, whether charges should have been brought, whether they should be brought against Dan Pantaleo. The Justice Department is still looking into that. They have not decided. Huh. They just can't decide. Did you know that um, now that who was in charge? Was it Loretta Lynch? Yeah, Loretta now, Lynch. Now Loretta Lynch, uh, she had sent some FBI guys, and they came down. They were gonna. They were coming back saying no. Yeah, this shouldn't be done. Nothing to. And she's like, you're fired. You're transferred. You're not here anymore. We're gonna get some other guys. Right. We got to keep doing it. Yeah. We need. We we need the right decision, not the wrong decision. Can you believe it? You can just like say, hey, I don't like you investigators coming back with the wrong fucking uh, ideas. Hey, Pat, can I talk about a... Um, Please. Well, there was an interesting city council hearing uh, last, uh, the week before last, okay? Uh, <laughs> it was an oversight <laughs> hearing into uh, marijuana arrests in New York City. Now, they've slowed down, haven't they? Well, they have, but they're still, according to the city council people, they're still way too high. Okay. So what they're concerned about is that... Now, give me an idea of the numbers here. Like, 
18,000 people a year. Arrested for marijuana? Arrested for marijuana. Is that up or down? Well, it's down since... um, since the Bloomberg years. Okay. But it's not down as far as they'd like it to be. Okay. Um, I smell marijuana coming in through my window right now. And you're getting that for free, man. Oh, yeah. Okay, so um, here's the thing. Uh, in 2014, de Blasio and Bratton, they made a new rule. They said, okay, we're not going to arrest people for possession of 25 grams or less of marijuana. And that was just a, an internal sort of a departmental thing. That wasn't a, a law. No, it's not a law, but they're saying from now on, but if the marijuana is burning, that is, if you're smoking marijuana, yes, then you'll, like in public, then you'll be liable for arrest. All bets are off. All bets are off. So, or if you have it and you also have an outstanding warrant or something, then they'll arrest you. Um... So, you know, people were happy then, but then it, it turns out, well, they're still arresting a lot of people, like 18,000 a year or so, 17,500. So they were having an oversight hearing because the concern is, is that they're primarily arresting people of color. Why am I not surprised? Blacks and Latinos comprise about 85 or 86% of the people being arrested. So it would appear that the law impacts them... Uh, Disproportionately. Disproportionately, There's yes. disparate impact. Well, is, is it the law? Yeah. Or is it the enforcement of the law? Well, I think it's the way the NYPD is applying it. Well, yeah. that's that's the point. But here's the thing. Okay, Pat. Um, about 51.4% of New York is black and Latino. 50... 51.4. 51.4. Black or Latino? No. And that's it, one or the other. 80, 85%... Of arrests for marijuana are people in the in that same category. Mm. So there is a disparate. There is like a um, yeah. a disjunction there, right? Right. But yeah, th- unquestionably, there is a. But the thing is, and I wrote a piece about in this. that those two percentages are different from from one another. One yeah. is higher. But if you look at other crimes uh-huh. in New York City, oh, the racism goes across. Other crimes as well? Yeah, apparently. Like, for My instance, goodness. robbery. Um, robbery. They, they, you mean there's, there's a disproportionate uh, enforcement of robbery? Well, it seems more like the, the, the victims and eyewitnesses are disproportionately reporting that <sighs> robberies and rapes are committed by um, <sighs> people of color. Because the same so proportion it, it seems go, it to goes, be... It goes deeper than just the police department, yeah. <laughs> And listen to this. It even goes, it's even worse. For instance, shootings in New York City. No. 97% are committed by blacks and Latinos. According to witnesses. So they say. Okay. So, yeah, this is widespread. Um, this is a widespread problem. Yeah. So. I had no idea that, that racism was so deep. So pervasive. Yeah. That it goes yes. To, but one of the city councilmen. I mean, these are people who just viewed a crime and they're using it as an opportunity to, to, ex- to indict their racism. Blacks and Latinos. But yeah. listen to this because one of the councilmen had a really good solution to the problem. And I'm going to play, oh. I'm going to play it right now. If, if I may. Is this a councilman of color? He is. Okay. Yeah. That, of course. Let me just uh, move forward they, a little bit. To their this. ideas are, you know, they're solution oriented. They're oh, not. Yeah. They're not dwelling on a problem. They're they're looking for a way to make it right, to make it fair. Um, this is this is going to go along the same the same conversations. Um, the sky is not falling um, uh, when it comes to the use of marijuana in the city of New York, especially the over policing of black and brown communities. And you guys just happen to be at this table at that time. Um, we'll have a conversation in ten years, and hopefully. We'll look back at all the justice that we bring moving forward. I do believe in the legalization of marijuana. I do think that we have to talk about mandating that more than 50% of the licenses that go out for the sale of marijuana be exclusively for MWBEs um, so that we don't... Now, MWBEs is yeah. a minority and women-owned business enterprises. So What's this the guy, B stand for? B, business. Oh, business. Business enterprises. So M-W-B-E. B-E's. Minority okay. and women. So this guy, Antonio Reynoso, he's a councilman um, like in Bushwick, Ridgewood, uh, Queens, and uh, Brooklyn and part of Queens. So he's basically saying that, um, well, he's addressing Dermot Shea here, who's the uh, 
NYPD chief for crime control strategies. Now, it's true that this hearing was not about who gets licenses once marijuana is made legal, but... Well, he's thinking forward. He's thinking forward. So let me just yeah. play a little more. Begin to, to turn it into a white enterprise and legalize it and, and all the benefits go to people um, that are not over-policed and not are suffering the consequences of, of being of being arrested. Oh, yeah. Yes. So whoever... Okay, so... So here's the big concern. Well, he, and I think you'll find in the pothead community, a mm. lot of people are worried about this. Yes. You've probably heard this conversation over the past 20 or 30 years, if you've ever been around a bunch of stone people, is... Once marijuana becomes legal, how do we make sure that the black and brown people who have been working so hard to sell marijuana that they don't get shut out? Yeah, it's it's. I know it's one of those topics that invariably comes up. And it's like you, you smoke half a joint and you're talking about usually, you know, music or sports or, you know, whatever it is that just comes to hand. And then this, you know, as there's a moment, then start talking about who is going to be contracted to yes, sell marijuana. because yeah. it's real. And, you know, you see a lot of this, like if you ever read Vibe or The Source or The Root. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. So now that marijuana is legal, all y'all white women want to make money off it. Are you white people? But who has been putting in the work? White men, you know, let's face it. That's, that's who's going to want to come and monetize it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But who's been putting in the work for the last 30, 40, 50 years? Taking the busts. Taking the busts, making yeah. sure that everybody can get their marijuana. Yes. Who has been popularizing marijuana in the culture? Yeah. Black and brown people. And we, now they're not getting the credit. So not waiting for this to be legalized and, and you know, to and, and to have this all handed to us. Because, I mean, that's what it'll be. They want to just, like, you know, box it up, gift wrap it, hand it to a, a white man. White person. Oh, okay, here. You can make a million dollars now. Yeah, now go sell it to the minority uh, community. Right. Yeah. Okay. Or summons for marijuana. I want to talk about the 90th precinct. The 90th precinct. Okay, so he... um. He talks about that, and then he, about the ninetieth precinct. Well, he start asks some questions about his um. Stopped were people of color, and you can see that per capita, we were probably being stopped, or black and brown people in the ninetieth precinct were being stopped at a higher rate than anywhere else in the city of New York. Mm. That's an argument that I, I think we can make. That's like a, so um yeah, an so argument he, he thinks they can make. He, he yeah. does think that yes yeah, um, and I just want to skip ahead a little bit because he does. No. Uh, this uh, a city council oversight hearing uh, discussing marijuana arrests and, and the uh, the nature of the uh, over policing of black and brown communities. Yes, uh, you know. Uh, so he wants to uh, when when marijuana becomes legalized, he wants to make sure that more than fifty percent of the licenses are awarded to men uh, to to uh, minority men and women. Well, that's, I think that's one of the problems that he hasn't necessarily thought through enough, which is that MWBE means white women, means mm. Chinese people. He's being inclusive, though. He's being inclusive, but I don't know. He also goes on to say, I'm not, I don't know if I can get it timed up exactly, that he believes the first 100 licenses should be given to... Um, the first 100. <laughs> yes, sure. it's very specific to MWBEs before it's opened up to other people. Hey, you know, uh, women are, you know, uh, I suppose not busted a lot for marijuana. Right. They, they were not stop and frisked uh, to, to any great extent. In fact, I think men way outnumber the women. Yes. Stop and frisk. But of course, we're talking about minority men, uh, black and Hispanic men. So, I, you know, maybe he hasn't thought that through. I don't know. Uh but but, but these still a woman owned business is going obviously to be. he's thinking way ahead and he's so he's so forward thinking and he's just I just love that he's like really worked it out like who in order to remediate and repair and restore mm -hmm. the problems of inequity and injustice that have plagued our country from the beginning. I mean, how many marijuana arrests have taken place of black and brown people? And the only way we can move forward is to give them the first licenses. First 100 licenses. And, you know, I, I bet he probably has a few people in mind who would be good to get those licenses. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's funny. I was walking through... I've noticed I, I was going through Washington Square Park the other night. And this happened a few times, and these guys come up and they're like, "Smoke, smoke, 
bud. Won't smoke. No, it's been a long time since I remember um, people selling pot in Washington Square Park. Oh, well, I've certainly, yeah, that happens all the time. I get offered cocaine a lot. In Washington Square Park? Or when I'm wearing a jacket and tie. In the uh, in the neighborhood, not necessarily in the park, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm talking. Say, on a, you know, walking down McDougal trying to get to a show. I ca- but I kind of feel like this that had Cut gone that away cocaine. for a Cut while. That really, more over on Bleecker. Here, huh. you get it more on Bleecker. But I was thinking, like these weren't young guys; these were like older guys. And I'm thinking, shit, these guys have been holding down this spot for 30, 35 years. That's right. And now that marijuana legalization. Over the horizon, it's just—it's like a gleaming light in the desert, like right over the curve. Within reach, yeah. It's within reach, and you know what's going to happen. Hi. You know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen, and that's when the real money pours in, and that's where a white man is all set to capitalize, and it's—it can't happen. And the black and brown people—they're just going to get left behind. Yeah, of course. The shaft. I mean, short end. Do you know how many black and brown people are in jail today? Just for possession of marijuana? Hundreds of millions. <laughs> no doubt. I think at a minimum. And how many guilty? Dozens? Hundreds, maybe? <laughs> guilty Tell of me. what? Something that's going to be legal. And these, and they're going to be locked up probably for the rest of their lives. Oh. Some of them for 20, 30 years. And their children, too. Because in our country, that's the way it works. That's the way it works. We'll be right back. 